0: Hello, great minds. It's Tuesday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History. So, welcome to the show, everyone. As you know, it is the DGMH off season. And that means that I am not recording any new content, but I didn't want to leave you, all my beloved listeners, any fan of the show, uh, without any content to check out. So I asked around a a few friends are going to help me out from some of my favorite podcasts, and we will be airing a few feed drops for you to listen to. And you should totally, if you enjoy, which you totally fucking will, I know it, uh, enjoy these podcasts, then please go check them out and support their shows as well. Beyond that, I'll also be releasing some of our exclusive Patreon content just for you to check out. And if you find yourself loving that content so much, then you can get access to it over on the DGMH Patreon page, where listeners can support the show and get access to content on all sorts of things from the Crusades to the Bourbon reforms in Spanish America to the Thirty Years' War, plus all sorts of other random content uh, from your favorite Twist of Psych and shots heard around the world episodes. Plus, I talk about what I'm teaching, and so, so, so much more. And never forget Cullen Chats China and Pete Chats Portugal, which you will get access to in the off-season a few episodes here and there. Of course, all your favorite Patreon content will still be coming your way, save last call episodes, but I'm sure I'll find a way to fill that void with a little bit of bonus content somewhere. Uh, So, you know, other than that, thank you for supporting the show. I hope you enjoy this off-season bonus content that's coming your way. And as always, cheers. uh welcome, uh, li- Patreon listeners, to Pete Chats Portugal. Uh, I'm here, of course, with Cullen. We'll be doing an, uh, a Pete Chats Portugal and a Cullen Chats China here, so I can't wait to hear what Cullen has in store for me. But Cullen, anything you wanted to say, real quick?
1: Uh, No, no. Um, I was just curious. uh, You know, this is where the the student keeps teaching the teacher. Uh, I keep learning wonderful things about Portugal. So what do you have for me today, Zach?
0: Well, I have the thing I've been saying I was bringing for a while, and that is Gil Ainge right so everybody knows gillanes not really you know so cullen i actually had a question for you right off the bat what are the big moments in the age of discovery that you know age of exploration uh right up to columbus vasco to gama etc what What are the big things names moments you teach in your world history class
1: um well obviously we well, i guess if, if you want to get technical the vikings you know in their newfoundland trip but like you know the vikings sure. didn't have the good pr department sure sure sure, but, uh, sure yeah yeah. So uh, usually I usually I, I kind of uh, when I when I stick the landing with Columbus and explain there were four voyages and all of them were horrible disasters. Sure. I then show the you know, the Magellan exploration sure. and how that was for that that ship, not for Magellan a success
0: <laughs> yeah 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 dying uh, yeah that's, that's yeah.
1: usually where i jump off into exploration and then after that i i you know give the kids all different explorers and they chart the maps oh, and and fun. then they kind of do like a little report about you know back to the back to the class about each of the explorers
0: that's how I, I used to do it too because you yeah. can't cover them all you know what i mean no yeah.
1: no and it's better um, to turn them
0: loose mm-hmm. and do you um what about portuguese explorers do you do henry the navigator
1: Um, not as much as I do Vasco da Gama. Oh,
0: okay, okay, yeah.
1: Uh, you know, with Vasco da Gama and like the whole connection to India, you know, and and the trip around Africa. Um, you know, and and it's kind of ironic when the Portuguese do show up in the Indian Ocean, they discover an entire trade network that's Mm -hmm. been going for a thousand years, right? Perfectly running well without any European meddling. So they
0: spoke Portuguese. The, the the merchants they encountered were Muslim merchants that actually uh, were said to have spoken Portuguese. So when they walked in and said oi tudo bem, they're like tudo bem, me vou Uh So uh, do you teach Diaz maybe uh, showcase Diaz the rounding the, Cape uh, the a little
1: bit? You know when we and we we also talk about. Um... Uh, you know the, the founding of Brazil and mm-hmm. you know what yep. it was for Cabral. You know, in terms yeah.
0: Of yeah, 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 so yeah. Cabral, so. Diaz, Henry the Navigator, Vasco de Gama. That's basically all Portugal gets in terms of yep. explorers. They don't get anybody else. Uh, and I figured right. you weren't going to say Gil Ains, right? Uh, you probably I
1: I, no. I'm, I'm I'm ready to learn.
0: Yeah. So quick overview. He's born in Lagos, 1395, and we basically know nothing else about his early life uh, until he fell into cahoots with Prince Henry the Navigator, who we discussed last time. Uh, Really, as we discussed last time, he didn't do a lot of navigating. He had other people do it for him. Uh, So Gil Ains is basically going to be that guy who's batshit crazy enough to sail into the unknown Atlantic. And I think it's important to to make it clear to our our, whoever listens to this listeners, great minds and up, I believe, or maybe it's uh i don't know what level it is but i'd have to go back and check now but anybody who actually listens to pete chats portugal you have to understand that europeans had no clue what waited for them in the deep atlantic uh even as they explored the azores uh there was a a pretty firm belief that after you sailed too far south into africa uh you were going to encounter deep rough black water that no ship could survive and sea monsters of epic proportions uh you, you know um I was listening to another show, and they were bringing up t- doing some trivia questions, and it was like this: the sea of seaweed, the only sea that has no um, no land touching it. Uh, it's, oh. it's in the Caribbean it's north of the Caribbean and Columbus's men sailed through it and it was like they were like stuck in this this so much seaweed they thought it was sea monsters in the dark so there's a, a genuine mm. belief and I wouldn't say it's like mythological belief because in all honesty believing that there's giant creatures in the ocean is still something we keep I mean the yeah, giant squid in the past two in decades in the
1: corners of the maps they would draw here there'd be monsters sure. and draw yes. serpents and stuff. it's no wonder there was still that folk tale
0: so no no one no, you know it's not hard to believe that no one wanted to really <laughs> sail into the unknown into into certain certain death, you know what I mean. Uh, so what we're talking about right now is is um, the fourteen thirty four rounding of the Cape of Bojador. Now, listeners, uh, for those of you that don't know what the Cape of Bojador is, if you if you picture Africa like a backwards P. All right, uh, the the bottom of the P being you know the, the Cape of Good Hope, the Cape of Storms, as it was called uh, by Diaz's men, and you go all the way up through the the what's was in uh, the early modern period called the Slave Coast, uh, you know Angola, the Congo, into the Gold or Ivory Coast, Sierra Leone, uh, Benin, uh, and then you go up around that 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 curve of the P. You know, the top of it's going to be North Africa, but that curve point, that's the Cape of Bohador. You almost completely miss it on a map, but it was rounding that hump of the P, that was the the scariest thing of all because no one had done that ever. No one had ever done it or returned, but they knew gold was down there through the caravan route, so they knew it was beneficial. And I believe it was 1433, Gil Ains actually sailed um and turned around he got no we can't do it no we can't we can't make this trip he sailed uh to the canary islands he tried to find it he's like there's no way we're going to make it he sailed back uh almost empty-handed in a way and um didn't really explore what he's supposed to and henry the navigator basically said listen you got to do this or we're both we're both fucked." and he went back out in 1434 and he rounded the cape of Boa door Now here's, you know, I didn't have any dark pieces of history uh, for for this, Um, but I did have a, a funny moment. So basically Gil Ains had to sail back from the rounding of the Cape Boador, and you couldn't do that just by sailing up the African coast. So you actually had to sail far out into the Atlantic using certain wind patterns and currents that he had to kind of study on the fly, which would bring him almost around the Azores, around the Canary Islands, etc. You know, you see this bulge, and we joke because Cabral, uh, instead of discovered Brazil by accident. Well, when you see how far Gil Ains had to go out to get back to Portugal, it's not so surprising that someone might have caught a random current or wind pattern that shifted their, their, their efforts a little bit. So Gil Ains goes back to Portugal, and Prince Henry the Navigator didn't believe his account of the fact that he traveled far out to sea, riding the winds, and got back to Portugal to the point where he sent another voyage with a sh- a second ship to confirm Gilanes's voyage. So it- it's it's quite humorous that that Henry the Navigator pays for this voyage, sends him out, and in the end doesn't believe him enough to to just trust it, and uh, you know has to go from there. So so why do we care? Why Aines? What are your initial thoughts on on the story, Colin?
1: Well, <clears throat> um, it's interesting that he had to swing out and around. Uh, that was they were learning the different trade winds, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the Coriolis effect, I believe, that sure causes that shift. And it depends on the tilt of the Earth mm-hmm. as to how those currents mm-hmm. will go. And you're right; it's almost like the monsoons in the mm-hmm. in the East in in, in Indian Ocean. Yeah. Um, you cannot get there from here if you don't go a certain time, you know, of the year. Right, or you're right, fighting right yeah. to the wind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's interesting. I didn't know it was so hard to get back around the chin of Africa.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, not a lot of historians pay attention to Gillians or give them that much credit. So um, they traditionally just point to like nautical charts, compasses, new ships, star navigation, the reusing of Latin sails or triangular sails. Uh, but really it, it, the answer to the early success of the age of discovery lies in winds and uh, currents in the, the, the South Atlantic. That's how Gillanes did it. Um, wow. I did pull a couple quotes on Gil Ains. Uh One historian says uh, Aines managed to defeat the might of the ocean's currents and westerly winds by developing sailing techniques uh, to correct course through the use of mathematics. He rounded the Cape of Boa on the Northwest African coast and um, in 1434, uh, and constituted what what one historian called a a major leap forward. Um, you know, you know, the, the um, seed seed is her last name. Uh, is it Penelope Philippa, Philippa something? Seed uh, is the main historian on Gilling's, who actually brought him kind of the forefront uh, of hey, we need to at least mention Gilling's in the Age of Discovery. But historian Margaret Small said that Iberian voyages did not come out of the blue. But it was not until Gil Ains crossed the Tropic of Cancer in 1434 and Columbus, the Atlantic in 1492, that Iberians definitively, pro- definitively proved that their confines had only been conceptual and that previously unimagined uninhabitable lands, in- in- inhabitable lands lay beyond the margins in all directions. And I thought that was interesting that Margaret Small is comparing Gil Aines's voyage as a major leap mm-hmm. forward to Columbus's yeah. voyage in 1492 uh you know see maybe her, because
1: yeah. he he peeked out and saw all the possibilities and mm-hmm. came back i mean that's you know we always learn when we learn about columbus we 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 all know that he he knew that the world was round before he set out i
0: know you the know, stupid was, myth of he proved it. yeah
1: yeah like he discovered it wasn't flat yeah. like and, and so much uh, so much of the lore that people learn mm-hmm. is and, and so yeah people like uh gil probably are the ones that you know, inspire, did, yeah. you know, but
0: I mean, I, I see the point, right? Gillian's brave the unknown and opened up a new world for discovery. Uh, the, the, the tips of Africa, the southern part of Africa, sub Saharan Africa, whereas Columbus did the same thing, he opened up the other side of the Atlantic. The Portuguese were well into the Atlantic by the time Columbus sailed, but he said, No, we're going to sail into the straight into the Atlantic, you know. Uh, Cedar <laughs> self said a revolution in sailing began in 1434. Uh, like I said, it's funny though that Henry the Navigator didn't really believe him at first, but.
1: I don't know. Wow. Uh, you wow.
0: know, so why Ains? Why cover Ains on this mo- uh, P. Chats, Portugal? One historian also notes the final passage of the Cape of Bohador removed the psychological barrier that had become uh, greater with each failure. He braved the unknown, broke the physical and psychological barriers down, uh, defeated, tamed the sea in a way uh, that others couldn't, and jump started a new way of understanding currents and wind patterns um, so that others could find their names in the history books while he is
1: largely forgotten. And I see the finger. What's the question? Quick, uh, quick connection to the Basque uh, people mm-hmm. of, uh, nor- of the Iberian Peninsula. They were, um, if you ever read Mark Kurlansky, he wrote the book Salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. A phenomenal had- author. And one of his books are called Cod. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, one yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that he points out in, in one of his books is the Basque ships would always go way out into the Atlantic and come back loaded to the gills with Cod and no one could figure out like where are these guys going that they can get the cod and bring it all back salted you mm-hmm. know and preserved back yeah. across the atlantic here Kurlansky says that they they the basques were going over to newfoundland like mm-hmm. the the, uh, the flemish cap mm-hmm. and basically catching catching the fish and bringing them back across the atlantic right right and that was their secret they didn't want anybody to know oh yeah that's where they were getting all their fish So it, you know, just the idea, and that was maybe, you know, a couple hundred years again before Columbus. So even people on the Iberian Peninsula knew about the over there before it was, you know, fashionable by. Oh, yeah.
0: Sorry, Luke's messaging me not understanding Zencaster like he, he didn't pay attention to the fact that we were using Zencaster for the recording, whatever, of course, it's Luke. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's I always, I love that book, Cod. I haven't read it all, but I love the idea of it because I always say mm-hmm. the Vikings, you know, they had all these new technologies. And sure, they were exploring, but you know what they were chasing after while they were exploring? Cod. You know what uh, fishermen groups who were first landing these areas were chasing after? Cod. To the point where, you know, God, gold, glory, the three Gs. Yeah. um My kids will say cod, god, golden glory. Uh, the 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 C and the three Gs. You know they they love the cod yeah. thing because I'm like it wasn't gold, it wasn't. Th- it was codfish, and they're like what cod? i'm like yes, codfish. Uh, so yes, I, I I have meant to read that book several times, but I know I'll want oh, to like, assign it. And I just don't yeah. have time
1: in my course. Very good. Um, All of his books are amazing.
0: Yeah, I liked Salt too. Salt is very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I did read that. I, did we read that in your class, Colin?
1: I think we uh I been copied excerpts of it, yeah, but yeah, yes, yeah. I do think we did. We read a couple of just chapters or whatever sure, sure,
0: sure, yeah, so uh all right, well, that's uh that's poor and Cullen, do you have any other thoughts or questions, Gilly? no,
1: no, no, that's that's awesome, that's good. um, I'm still waiting to get to the, the Gamma because uh, i I. <laughs> he's a big yes you'll probably probably
0: know more about the gama than me honestly uh but all right well thank you uh patrons uh for supporting the show and listening to listening to this round of Pete chats portugal uh we're going to go ahead and move to cullen chats china so uh welcome listeners to cullen oh wait sorry we do this all the time cheers
1: uh (laughs) cheers